You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know the one thing that goes unnoticed that happens at games. If you're a family member, friend, and you go to a game courtesy of whatever player you're going to see. When you're sitting in that family section, be very careful who you criticize when you're watching the game. You, you got to watch out for that because you're sitting there, you're watching the game, and you're sitting there, and Devin McCourty gives up a play. And you're like, man, Devin McCourty sucks. Why are we paying him all this money? And you don't know his older brother is crazy, and he's sitting behind you, and because it's freezing cold, you can't see that he has My older a, brother is crazy, too. And you can't see. He may have his McCourty jersey on, but he has a big jacket over the top, and he might have had a beer or two, and he may not take too kindly to you talking about his young brother out there. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We are on episode 12, season two, double coverage with the McCordy twins. My That's son, us. Myself, J-Mac, your host, my co-host over here. The guy you know, Devin. Yeah, I, guess, I guess you can say it like that. As you guys know, you can find us for video version to see our beautiful faces on YouTube or just audio, iTunes, uh, Spotify, whatever it is. Mama, you we made it! Yeah, no matter whether you watch or listen, you always get to hear, Mama, we made it! As he said, all you have to do is search Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. And as always, keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at McCordy Twins. Quick shout out to our partners here at Double Coverage, Boston Medical Center and Embrace Kids Foundation. Uh, we've all partnered and come together uh, to try to tackle the sickle cell disease together. And you can learn more, uh, tacklesicklecell.org. Upcoming events, ways to donate, ways to participate. Uh, make sure you go check that out. And also shout out to Normatech, uh, one of our other partners. Uh, anywhere athletes are redefining their potential, Normatech recovery systems are helping them to push boundaries and exceed their goals, recover faster, increase circulation, and conquer sore muscles with Normatech, the ultimate recovery for today's athletes. Uh, for any information, go ahead and visit uh, normatechrecovery.com. Order yourself one, learn more about it, figure out how it works and all of that. But it's a great, great tool uh, for athletes as they're trying to continue to recover and get better uh, each job, and every man. day. Norma Tech's pretty good. Solid. Very solid. We say it every week, but it's true. Yeah, no doubt. How are we starting today, man? We're going to go straight out to NCAA. Uh, James Wiseman, uh, the verdict is in. He suspended 12 games. Um, which I kind of figured. I'm like, all right, they're probably going to do something to him. He might be suspended. They're going to get tired of Memphis just playing, just continuing to play him. But I feel, I feel like we got to talk about this every week because we're that mad at NCAA. I just don't. We've talked about Wiseman like the last three weeks in a row. So do you know, all right, the $11,500 that he has to pay back? Now we talked about this. We don't know when he has to give it. We don't know. Makes no sense. No idea. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, Still pissed off about it. Yeah. I, maybe... You should donate to the GoFundMe. Yeah, there has to. There probably is one. I mean, We're it waiting. makes sense. Oh, and and NCAA. Um, I saw today uh, they upheld the sanctions um, for Missouri. It was um, it was football, softball, and baseball. Um, maybe this one is kind of accurate though. They had a tutor who was uh, making it happen for some of the students, uh, handling some papers and, and doing different things for the students. Um, so 
maybe that's a, a good thing, I guess, that they got in trouble and they have different sanctions. So um, I guess one thing we know, NCAA is never resting. Each week something's happening uh, where someone's getting penalized. So if you're mad about uh, the NFL and Roger Goodell, uh, just scroll over to NCAA.com and you'll probably find way more articles about someone getting in trouble. Well, Jay Williams already attempted to start a GoFundMe page for James Wiseman. But, of course, the NCAA has shut down Jay Williams' efforts uh, to satisfy the $11,500 uh, uh, donation. Uh, the, the money has to come directly from the athlete and his or her family are responsible for making a donation. That donation must also be in line with NCAA rules. So, so no GoFundMe. So, so Jay Williams can't give him the money. Cannot. No affiliation with anything. He can't give him the money. Cannot. So can you give him the money? Nah. His name is Jason. Jay. Jason. Jay Williams. My name is Jason. So it probably goes in the same boat. They probably do have that rule. Nobody named Jason. Sounds about right. Watching about right. Yeah. Uh Tim Duncan. Uh Coach Pop. Did you see that? That yeah. was so cool. Hey man, um hey man, Becky Hammond. Uh he gets thrown out of a game. Tim Duncan ends up leading the huddle. Uh, but both of them kind of took over uh in that kind of head leadership role. I think you obviously with basketball there's not that many coaches on the bench. Um But I, I think they lost. Yeah, I mean maybe a glimpse into the future. I mean, you can't imagine San Antonio without Pop, but But if they lost, does that mean Tim Duncan's coaching future doesn't look bright? Uh, are we going to judge that off of one game? Is Tim Duncan the best player on the San Antonio Spurs, though? That is the question. Popovich is the best coach, but is Tim Duncan still the best player? No. Who is? DeMar DeRozan. How about Aldridge? Pick your poison, but it's not Tim Duncan. I say Deontay Murray. Possibly. Well, I'll probably take Tim Duncan, though. Awesome. Uh, this past game, the Salute to Service games, always uh, really cool to be a part of. Um get a chance to uh, say thank you to so many men and women uh, who do a great job defending our country and doing a lot of things that uh, we take for granted as we move about freely uh, each and every day to do go to work or to be outside playing with our kids. So many privileges and things uh, that we, we just take for granted because we don't see the other side of it uh, with so many women, uh, men and women uh, lay their lives down and risk so much uh, to fight for our freedom. Yeah, one of the coolest things is we... Uh as players and, and coaching staff, we got to represent um, an organization called TAPS. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it really helps families um, who go through, like you just said, the ultimate price. You know, a loved one um, dies in service, and, and TAPS does a great job of helping families um, financially, emotionally. And what was really cool was uh, Saturday before the game, um, guys that had some free time, we got to go upstairs in a club level, and all of the families got a full day um, at the facility. They got hats and stuff. They got to tour everything with the facility. Um, and my family was out of town, so I, a lot of guys don't know. Home game Saturday is usually a lot of family time, but my family uh, was in New Jersey. My wife threw a, a pretty cool surprise birthday party for her parents, 70 and 80, you know, a week apart, pretty cool. Um, but I got to stay up there and meet every family uh, that came into the facility, and they were all very happy uh, to be there. Some kids running around, um, you know, loving football, getting to see it up close and take pictures with a bunch of guys that were up there. Were up there. So um, just a, a great environment, I think. Um, obviously, probably the NFL makes a ton of money off salute to service. 
Um, but for us as players, I think to get to be a part of that and be able to thank people, like you said, and then be a part of different people's families for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour uh, just to spend time with them and, and tell them how much you appreciate uh, what their loved ones sacrificed for us. Uh, it was a cool experience. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, the crazy thing about it is when we do this on uh, each of our lockers, we'll kind of get teamed up uh, with, a, uh, with a soldier that has lost their life uh, in battle or combat or, or, or in some, some form. And um, each player, a player, uh, each person is paired up with probably about two to three players and they'll put a description on our lockers and we sign a helmet for the family and do some things. Uh, but there's a little bio and it's so crazy to me starting last year when you really get to your locker and you sit down and read the short bio. A lot of these men and women are younger than myself. You start to look at their birthday. Uh, the gentleman I represent was born in 85. That's the same year my wife was born. And to think, um, passed away some years ago. Um, such young guys, Deron was looking at who he was representing. And this young man graduated from high school about 10 minutes in Delaware from where Deron graduated from wow. high school. So it's very surreal to see that. Uh, think about what you were doing around that time, how old you were, to think somebody last year had graduated high school the same year uh, we did, and I'm just like, man, like what they were doing compared to what I was doing, um, definitely uh, a little breathtaking, and you definitely appreciate it. Yeah, and um, speaking of just good service things, um, it was cool to see uh, the education bill was passed in Massachusetts. Uh, Governor Baker signed off on it today. Um, the new bill um, now allocates $1.5 billion um, to different schools in Massachusetts, um, we've talked about it a, a bunch of times here on the podcast. Um, Massachusetts is probably one of the best uh, states when it comes to education, but have one of the highest disparities um, between the different um, cities and counties um, in Massachusetts. And um, because of the FBRC, the commission came out in 2015 and uh, showed um, that there were a lot of areas in Massachusetts that just didn't have the proper funding um, to be able to compete and really to be able to give an equal education um, to so many different students. So to see all of the different uh, recommendations met, $1.5 billion is a lot of money uh, that will now be poured into the education system and give so many different kids a chance uh, to just make their life something great. You know, they'll have a chance to go and get an education that's equal to people uh, whose parents make a lot more money and, and towns uh, that have higher taxpayers, but they'll get an equal education. They'll have a chance to better themselves. So, uh, so many people were a part of this, and uh, it was an honor just to be able to say that, you know, we had something to do with it, uh, testifying, you know, back in March uh, on behalf of a lot of these students and parents. So um, it was very exciting to get that news uh, that the governor was going to sign off today and that everything was passing uh, now it's not just a thought. It's not just an idea. Um, it's law, and it's very cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And like you just said, so many people put in uh, such a big effort and, and uh, a lot of energy, a lot of time uh, away from their family. So uh, pretty cool uh, to be a part of it. Uh-oh, we look like we're getting interrupted on set today. Um, last week it was Jason's kids. Um, this week you can see my daughter is, is straight from dance. Um, but they're about to be in a bath, so they're running from their mom um, onto the set. So we'll see what happens when they leave. See yourself um, on TV? They have school tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. Oh, next, we had, um, what was it, College Behind Bars premiered on PBS. 
um, we talked about how we did um, 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 a screening, uh, what was that, last week, and, and to see a premiere on PBS was awesome. So many different people, lives affected, and, and you know, be able to be students and graduate. So even getting text messages from one of my teachers uh, back at St. Joe's and saying how he watched the premiere and how great it was, um, very exciting time, you know, just to be a part of that. For sure. So a premiere um, last night. Uh, the 25th and the second uh, the second part will be coming on tonight, uh, tonight but I guess you'll watch the 26th yeah. so by the time this is out you've already saw it so let us know what you think of it so very excited to see and uh, any, anybody think about having kids uh, that's what it's about running down on set mom came and got them we got crying going on as they go up the stairs at least that means they like you they don't want to leave you but the good thing is for anybody who's thinking about having kids the crying only lasts like five minutes they're going to go upstairs. We got different color that goes no, in the No, no, no. Realistically, if you're thinking about having kids or parents, if you have kids, they're at that age and you're afraid that they might be engaging and possibly having kids and you want a safe form of birth control, bring them around small kids, such as the ones you own, the ones I own. It'll change your mind in a heartbeat. Do we really own them? Because they really do what they want. So if we own them, we're pretty bad owners. Yeah, I guess you're just not the, the right turn. Or take them to a toy store, tell them they can't get anything, and bring other people to see how they act out. They'll definitely convince you to get a dog. I don't even think my kids kid. have been to a toy store, so that will probably get ugly. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, something important. Let's break down this Dallas Cowboy game. Uh, what was the final score? 13-9? to nine? Yeah. Something like that. Low-scoring game. Two games in a row, low-scoring. Yeah, one touchdown in the entire game. But this week... Julian Edelman did not throw the touchdown pass. It was none other than Tom Brady, a.k.a. the GOAT, slinging the ball around. In to the, the new guy. Yeah, to the new guy, Nikhil Harry, uh, making his presence felt. Uh, first career touchdown. Uh, very nice catch. Uh, we say it, we've been saying it for the past few weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome to see. He catches the ball, and J-Mac looks right at J.C. because him and J.C. always talk about how Nikhil makes tough catches even when you cover him up like in one-on-ones or if we're doing team drills and they got him covered and he'll make like a really hard catch. So to see his first touchdown catch come under the same circumstances, um, it was exciting to see him and, uh, and my man Jacoby out there yeah, Myers uh, and making plays and Jacoby stepping and up. Myers. Yeah, for sure. And like you just said, uh, obviously down the receivers, no Phil, no Muhammad Sanu in the game. And to see those two young guys, two young rookies, especially Nikhil because he hasn't – because of his injury early on, only a second second game active. Mm -hmm. So to see those guys come of age, uh, like you told both of them after the game, like this is just this is foundational. This is the ground level. Uh, with the way they work every day in practice, it's only going to get uh, better as they continue to but build. Uh, if, if they were nervous, they had nothing to worry about. Because you talk about pep talks of ultimate pep talks. I'm walking by uh, to go in the equipment room, and I see the three receivers that are up for the game talking. And Jules goes, here we go. This is the future. The future is either going to be good or the future is either going to be bad. We'll see today. <laughs> and I go, damn, Jules, way to get the guys going. Uh, but obviously it worked, man, just straight talk. Yeah. Know? And it was funny. Sunday morning we woke up and we're leaving the hotel after our meetings. And we see the first window since we've woken up that morning. And it's pouring rain. And me and Jay Jones go, these are the type of games as a defender you love to play in because it forces the offense to have to execute. And I think you and Dude was just like, nah, I ain't trying to play in the rain. But 
as you saw Sunday afternoon into evening, um, it really has a huge impact on the game. There was a few times um, Dallas receiver would be open for a split second, but Dak uh, ball maybe move a little bit left, move a little bit right, go a little high. It wasn't just rain. Yeah, very high winds. The New England elements. And for us, Sunday was a day where it was 40 degrees, and we wake up and we look at the temperature, we're like, oh, 40. That's not, not bad, bad today because you're out there throughout the week and it could be 20, it could be 30, so you never know. So I think uh, this time of the year, um, weather and all of that really plays a huge part in the game. And I mean, when you talk about even not only the quarterbacks throwing the ball, as I'm watching that game uh, Sunday, Dallas's tight end fumbled the ball. We uh, didn't get it. Randall Cobb, you punched the ball out. We didn't get ball it. Ball went right back to him. They dropped two kickoffs. We didn't get it. They didn't catch a kickoff. We didn't get so it. five times the ball was out, and now once that you talk about a game where the ball is bouncing your way, if any that that was that day, it but was, we blocked the punt. We did. Slate comes comes up big again. What can't the guy do on special teams? I don't know. I told him next he just needs to go return the ball, just be a returner. I feel like the ball may slip out his hand though. But the the year is going so well for him on special teams. I feel like if he gets it, he'll probably score. I mean, he's fast enough. Probably score. One guy, one guy I do want to touch on is uh, Mr. Stefan Gilmore. Um, later on, you'll see in our Twitter question, somebody asks who's the toughest receiver to cover. And I told somebody this the other day at an event we did, as a fellow cornerback on a team, there are no really tough receivers to cover uh, for me because if he's that tough, Stefan Gilmore will be covering <laughs> him anyway, and uh, he'll be locking him up. So uh, Gilly Gilly, uh, another um, really great game. Going against Amari Cooper limits him to zero catches on two targets and actually intercepts one uh, for himself. The other one was the dig towards the end of the game uh, that kind of went through his hands. Surprised to see them only target him two times, but I feel like that's a little bit of the Gilly lockdown effect. We got to get, get Gilly on here. Yeah. I know he's a silent assassin, uh, but that we got to convince him to come on the podcast and talk it up. For sure. Yeah, I think, I think we got to get that going, get that in the mix. How important is it to win, uh, winning at home? I think it's very important. I think... When you can protect your home um, and by winning, I think you kind of create this atmosphere, whether it's true or not, that now when teams come in, it's tough. It's tough to win there, even if it's raining and let's say it never happens. Let's say we don't sell out and the crowd noise isn't crazy. I think people already come in with this notion like, man, we're going to New England. It's going to be tough. They've won X amount of games in a row at home. Like, we got to find a way to win. Like, we got to do this, we got to do that. And I think you already start with that edge going into the game because people know time and time again people have come here and they've lost. Um, so I think when you can start to create that and you can execute well at home and win games, now your fans your fans see that. They see, oh, man, like our mm-hmm. team wins at home. Like, we got to make sure we stick by them that when they do play at home, they feel us. So – um, I think it's something that, you know, for the 10 years I've been here, we've kind of we've always had a winning record at home. We've always played well at home. Um, and for some of the biggest games um, that I can remember, our fans come and they make it that they make it tough for teams to come in here and execute on offense. Whether it was a Baltimore playoff game in 2014 and see cameras shaking, um, you know, that's big for us. You know, even uh, last year, you know, coming to play the Chargers and everybody talking about how they were just rolling. And our fans come in here, and we come and we play at home. And it's like, you know, it's going to be tough. I don't care who you are to come in here and get a win. Um, and that's something we got to continue to protect and do a good job of. Yeah, I was surprised to see late in the game Dallas made a few plays. 
and the Cowboys faithful traveled pretty decent. Like they there did. Were, there were a good amount of Cowboys fans. It's in the America's team of hearing them cheer. Um, so that, uh, that that I didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Um, but like you just said, as always, our fans were loud. They were rowdy, and I'm sure they were talking a lot of trash uh, as the game ended. And uh, New England had more points. One of uh, one now. of my boys that was sitting in the family section said, uh, "Of all the years he was coming, first time he saw a fight break out mm. in the family section." So. Um, so some unhappy Dallas fans or family members, you know, the one thing that goes unnoticed that happens at games, if you're a family member, friend, and you go to a game courtesy of whatever player you're going to see, when you're sitting in that family section, be very careful who you criticize when you're watching the game. You, you got to watch out for that because you're sitting there, you're watching the game, and you're sitting there, and Devin McCourty gives up a play, and you're like, man, Devin McCourty sucks. <laughs> Why are we paying him all this money? And you don't know his older brother is crazy, and he's sitting behind you, and because it's freezing cold, you can't see that he has My older brother is crazy, too. And you can't see. He may have his McCourty jersey on, but he has a big jacket over the top, and he might have had a beer or two, and he may not take too kindly to you talking about his young brother out there. And that just goes, you, somebody's, and beyond that, somebody's parent somebody's you you never know and you don't want to be that person i remember the only game i attended of yours here uh at gillette uh was a playoff game you guys didn't fare too well doesn't matter won't get into that but sitting at the game there was a woman sitting above us who was drunk and she was just in there and knew nothing about football they suck today i don't know why i came to the game and i'm sitting there and i'm like yeah i don't know why i came to this game because i don't want to hear that like i want to watch the game in the comfort of a fireplace, a cozy couch. I can see the instant replays, and I can watch the game without fans that don't even – some fans that don't even understand what's going on out there. Most fans. Yeah. Most fans. I didn't want to say it. I know you're a nice guy. Except but our New England fans. They know what's going on out there. No, most fans anywhere don't I, really. I wanted to give them some credit. They don't really know. Next week on it's the okay, though. You next come with week, energy. Next week on the road, heading to uh, Houston, AFC South opponent. Everything's uh, bigger in Texas. That's what they say. Uh, you ever uh, wore, I think it's called a bolo? No, I haven't. I remember one year I was in Tennessee. We I, went, I, I'm going to see if we could get Vince to come through in the overalls. Okay. We went to play Houston, and we all, all the DBs wore bolos. Did y'all win? Usually when you do team, like, dress-up stuff, you lose. That might have been the Cortland Finnegan-Andre Johnson fight. I'm not sure. Did y'all win that game? No, nah, we didn't win that game. See? I remember the Texans came here in 2012. For the varsity jacket. Varsity jacket. Yeah, that was a bad idea. That's, that's not a good idea. That didn't go too well. Yeah, you don't you don't do team dress up. You know, you you leave that for the kids at Halloween. You know? For sure. AFC games on the road this time of the year are always big games. But playing against a lot of familiar faces uh, down in Houston, I won't say a lot of, but a few. But I mean, their staff, their staff is very New England. Um, obviously, we we know about Miami and we know about Detroit, um, but now Billy O's been there for some years, mm -hmm. and I think um, people don't talk as much about, about him, you know yeah, him New being from connection. New England. But you know the connection there, it, it's still there. A lot mm -hmm. of New England um, is all throughout that organization. So um, when we mention that, I think you say it not that they want to be us or they're just like us. I think it's the understanding of you're going to get a team that's going to play hard, be disciplined. Um, and have some of the, the core characters um, of our team. And um, I always think it's interesting when we go against teams like this because you know it's usually going to be a battle for four quarters because a lot of the things being preached to the teams are very similar, mm -hmm. and both teams are going to believe that they have the will to win. Um, so it's always tough. You know, we played them last year. 
to open the season. I think it was 27 to 20 games aside about one touchdown. Um, so it, it, I think it'll be very similar. And, you know, we played them two years ago in like a shootout uh, where we win at the end of the game where B. Cooks catches a, um, a toe-tap catch in the corner of the end zone. So um, it'll be a battle in Houston. They have some of the top guys um, in this league. You talk about D-Hop and Deshaun uh, Watson. Um, it'll be tough, so we'll have our we'll have our work cut out, especially from a defensive side. Yeah, like you said, watching them Thursday night, being able to win a game at home uh, versus a division opponent. Uh, Will Fuller went off making huge catches. He's uh, a difference maker for that team. Yeah, making huge catches down the field. So like you just said, this time of the year, like Bill always says, they're all tough. They're just getting harder as you go. So going to be a big week for us to prepare and uh, get ready. And what's Bill saying around this time of the year? Football starts after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving will be Thursday. The game's on Sunday. Football officially starts, so we better be ready. There you go. Better bring our hard hats and get all that turkey out of our system. Yeah. Kimball Walker uh, took a tough hit in the Celtics game the other night. Uh, looked real scary. Um, I think he left out on a stretcher, right, from the game. Yes. And, but I saw uh, shortly after that they announced that he was okay. Uh, he had rejoined the team uh, and was just suffering from um, concussion symptoms, but uh, no no type of spine or, or, or any type of injury uh, like that. So I, at some point this year, and you, and Kimball you, will be back out and there. And you hate to see when they have to, uh, like, kind of just secure every every limb on a guy and you go off um, and the Celtics end up losing that game. It's just hard to rebound from both sides when you watch that Um on the court, I mean, obviously we all know you know all these sports are, are tough on the body, um, but whenever you have to watch a guy, um, you know, leave the arena or a stadium like that, um, it's just tough. You start thinking about the guy's family, his future. Um, so we do wish Kimba the best and the Celtics um, that he can have a full recovery and get back out there to ball and because we got one of the best teams in the league for here, sure. right in They're Boston. Balling. For sure. Um, so hey, call it Title Town for a reason. Yeah. Coach K passes John uh, Wooden for most wins uh, as AP's number one team. I think it's an interesting stat because we're basically saying you have the most wins when you're the top dog. When everybody's gunning for you at number one in the AP poll, you is have the really most wins. Is that really a stat, though? Yeah, it is, but you got to think about it. John Wooden dominated Whether you're one or two, everybody's gunning. Like, one through five, everybody's gunning for you. Yeah, right? but to be one is one, though. Nobody really cares if you win at number two. Somebody's yeah, still better I, I than I guess you. in a sense that still keeps track probably of how long you've remained number one because the more wins you have at number one, number So, yeah, I mean, I think that stat will I mean, sound a year, little bit each better. Each year Coach K continues to coach. I mean, it's just going to be stat after stat, record after record um, that he breaks. So, um, always was a North Carolina fan, but shout out Coach K. Um, they doing it big over there, dude. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You all right over there? A little too comfortable. Hey, it was the rain. Was that right? Dwayne Haskins, did you see? Dwayne Haskins gets his first career win uh, as an NFL starter, uh, playing against the Detroit Lions, um, played a solid game, game-winning drive, goes down. I can't remember if they scored a touchdown, kicked a field goal, but they take the lead. Detroit has the ball. They're driving, they're driving, they're trying to come back. Hold on, hold on. The trophy said they wanted to get a selfie with me. Intercepted the pass and... Intercepted pass, but there was still a few seconds left on the clock. And Washington is looking for their quarterback to go out there and take a knee. And like you just showed the people, Dwayne Haskins was a very happy fan. Is taking selfie game strong. Selfie. 2019. They expect players to be like the guys born in the 80s. Man, this guy's about the selfie game. Anybody can get their first win at quarterback. 
But has he is he not the first quarterback to ever get his first win and take a selfie with a fan before the clock hit zero? Shout out Case Keenum for being able to take the knee. As a as a coach, how Case do you Keenum address better. that? Do you laugh about it and explain to him like, all right, we can't do that? Or are you in the meeting on Monday and you do you just go off? I think it matters your personality. It could be laughed at depending on how mature you think the player is that did that. If you think he just got caught up or if you think this is something you have to jump ahead, yeah, then I think that's Obviously, he, the kid's not going to do it again. I'm not saying he's going to do that again, but, I mean, you know his behaviors and how he acts, how he carries himself. So I think that's how you know how you need to address the situation. Um, but shout-out Dwayne Hassan because he did get his first win. Comeback victory over the Detroit Lions, who have a pretty solid defense. So um, he was excited. Like, that's big. For sure. First win. You got um, Lamar Jackson favorite to win the MVP at this point in the season. For one, this is just utterly ridiculous. Every time you turn on the, the game and you watch this guy, and um, we uh, we had an event yesterday, and then after the event, um, my mom's still in town, so uh, me, Jay, our wives, and my and our mom went out to eat, and we go out to eat. We walk into the restaurant, see the TV. It's seven to zip Baltimore, and we're talking. We're not that close to the TV, but you can see it in the distance. We're talking. I look up. I'm like, Jay, man, it's twenty eight six. Before the half, then I look up again. I'm like, yo, it's 42 6. The game about to be over. I mean, this team just puts up points. The defense playing a high level. Like I just said, six points given up. Um, he looks like the MVP. This looks like the team to beat right now in the NFL. Can't wait. It's going to be a great game um, Sunday against, uh, I think it's Sunday, San Fran and Baltimore going head to head. I don't know if they play yet, but they play at some point. Is it Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's this week. I was just okay. saying if it's uh, Sunday because I wasn't sure if it was you. Monday. I got you. Yeah, it's this week, though, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Well, speaking of that game, Marcus Peters returned to L.A. with a vengeance. Intercepts his old teammate, Jared Goff. Continues to talk trash on the sideline. Did uh, you miss me? Uh, he told him. After, Did you miss me? I think during the game, you can see him talking trash onto the field. I'm not sure if he was yelling some things at Jalen Ramsey because they had a few words after the game. And it was said that uh, Marcus Peters continued to yell. He was happy to be back in L.A. while making sure the Rams would not make the playoffs this year. Because that game has sure? some playoff implications. And um, I thought they said that he thought they would get a break. Um, Baltimore, that he would get a break and be able to go back to L.A. this weekend and that he was trying to see if he could get there Thursday and he was trying to set up some Thanksgiving plans with some of his old teammates. Could have somebody been. Told Maybe me. he was seeing if Jalen Ramsey was going to host Thanksgiving for those guys. Whatever. Two of the most more outspoken guys on the field. Um, I was just watching the Baltimore. Two of the best corners in his league, too. And I was just watching the Baltimore, uh, Baltimore versus Houston game. And Marcus Peters is doing a lot of talking in that game. So um, two guys that are not high, uh, do not hide talking trash out there on the field um, seem to go at it a little bit um, after the game. So uh, I saw, uh, I think it was Reggie Bush said it was good competitiveness. You like to see that in football. And then I saw Torrey Smith retweet like, man, I hear you. That, the game was over. That was beef. Them boys was out there talking about something different in the game. So, um, but very competitive, two guys. And, uh, they go at it, gets broken up, we move on, uh, let it die down. For sure. What you got going on in group chat? Group chat. Billy B on the all-time coaching who's, list. Who's Billy B? Bill Belichick. Okay, go ahead. Not surprised. Um, but I haven't watched a lot of it. I've seen clips on social media. But what I heard is you don't want to miss this where he's doing the top 100, very open, having fun. And then a special coming out with Nick Saban. They say you want to see these things. 
um, because you're seeing Coach Belichick like never before. I mean, we see him every day, so it probably <laughs> won't be never before for us. Um, but a lot of people um, who don't get to see him, they said it's a very good watch uh, to check that out. So, um, And as you don't know, Bill gave all credit to Paul Brown um, for being one of, being his idol and thought he was the best coach ever and, and really changed the game. So I thought that was very interesting because he always talks to us about um, Paul Brown when, it's, when he talks about the league, um, development, evolution, everything. He always talks about him. Who, who, who was your favorite uh, all-time player? Uh, growing up, Emmett Smith. Um, and then as I got older and I, I, my position got kind of defined, Charles Woodson was one of my favorite players. Older brother was a huge Michigan fan. Watching Charles Woodson at Michigan was a treat. Um, and then obviously when I moved to safety um, in the NFL, I, like at the current time, there was no better guy to watch. Um, and Charles Woodson, who was a corner, and then moved to safety. So uh, definitely one of my idols growing up, Emmitt Smith and Charles Woodson. Yeah, for me growing up, I remember having a Barry Sanders jersey. Uh, I was a running back, so I loved to watch him play. His ability to make guys miss, um, how low to the ground he was. He was just exceptional. Was uh, you good at running back? I think I was pretty good. Um, I averaged uh, 12 yards a carry back in high school, but we won't go into my – Was it 12 or was it like 11 and change? Almost 11 and a half, which rounds up to 12. Um, but we won't we won't go uh, much into the glory yeah, who, days. Who, who's even remembering? Yeah, how much twenty five touchdowns. But yeah, um, yeah that's that's no, that's, that's not cool. important. But yeah. uh, as like you just said, as I got older, I remember having a Champ Bailey poster uh, hanging in my room in closet. Uh, I mean, in, in college, uh, really loved watching him play. The way he competed, the way he made plays, attacked the ball in the air. Uh, so definitely one of my favorite guys to watch. How cool was it when you made it to the league and like you playing and Champ Bailey still playing? Did you get to play against him? Yeah, I did. Like, how cool was that, like, playing against him? Did you get to say what's up after the game? No, nah, I didn't. Oh, well, you blew that. Yeah. I remember playing against Charles Woodson my rookie year uh, when he was in Green Bay and getting a ch chance just to tell him how much I looked up to him after the game. He probably didn't like it, probably made him feel old, but it was true. Uh, watched, watched a lot of him. So. I did get to tell Champ that last year, though, when we were at the Super Bowl, I got a chance to meet him and said that, but it wasn't oh. when we played him. That's cool. For That's sure. Cool. For Welcome sure. to the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, yeah, all Mama, that. Mama, Mama, he made it. Rutgers and Shiano is a no-go. Now we've been getting shoot me now. We've been getting hammered on Hammer. Twitter um, about. I guess we're supposed to like make a statement and say like, Rutgers, you're killing the school. We're making this huge mistake. But I think the truth of the matter is, as two former players, we don't get much say in what goes on from a Rutgers athletic yeah. standpoint. Well, I will. I will make a statement. I will not be funding any upgrades to <laughs> Rutgers. So. Um, you don't have to tweet me. Um, no yeah. one at Rutgers needs to reach out to me. I will not be upgrading the facilities at Rutgers. Um, the NCAA college, they all make enough money to do all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, for so. sure. And I think sometimes people forget that because you see NFL players, you're like, well, he's making this amount of money. Why don't they throw a million dollars into this building or that building? And the truth of the matter, a lot of us as players – come from areas and come from backgrounds where we have a lot of people in our own families and friends that you want to support and you want to help. Uh, obviously, you want to support your school and your alma mater, and at some point uh, you may be in a position to do so, but still at a young age, there's a lot of things we want to do financially, blah, blah, blah. But I did see President Barchi said uh, people were mad that he said he doesn't care if the football program makes money. And I think that can be taken out of context. I'm pretty sure he wants President them to Barchi make money. President you don't care about the football program, man. He's over there making the standards of education higher. Yes, Rutgers improved academically. You have to understand that the president of a university's job is to, the overall, overall well-being of the university. So obviously you would want the football program to make money, but 
is at what cost and all of that that a lot of people uh, have a lot of opinions on. But at the end of the day, would we have liked to see Shiano back at Rutgers without a shadow of a doubt? Would give me a reason to be back more, fully believe in what Shiano uh, was teaching while we were there um, and all of that stuff. But I'm interested to see where they go from here, what other candidates where they have. Where is there to go? I have no idea. The Rutgers football program they, over the last several years has been pretty bad. It's been kind of embarrassing. So the only way to go up, go from here is up, I hope. No way. Or we can stay bad. We'll no see. way. They blew it. You, For one, you have a guy who is beloved, and not, not only at Rutgers, but in the whole state of New Jersey. And now we're talking about the State University of Rutgers. If it's not going to work out, don't let all of these reports come out that you're close on the deal. Yeah, that's true. The deal's about to be finalized, and then, boom, the deal's off. So now, no matter who you hire, everyone's going to be like, oh, we don't want this guy. Well, this and guy, if it doesn't start fast, well, Shiano would have done better. This guy's only here because Shiano said no. So, um, I mean, best of luck because the next coach they hire is going to be, like you just said, it's an uphill battle. And you've got to do well. I've seen a lot of rumors of what he was asking for, and a lot of it seems to be centered around upgrades to the facilities. And from just talking to other people involved in the Big Ten Conference, it seems as though Rutgers is at the bottom when it comes to facilities, dorms, and all of that type stuff for the football program. So you've got to understand and expect a coach coming in. If you want to compete with the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Penn States, you're going to have to do things to compete with them or do the similar and things that they're doing. he was just at Ohio State. Yeah, so he's seen it up close and personal. I know Chris Ash talked about the same things of not having the resources and the things to compete with those schools. And if we want to compete at a 10th level and be around 10th, paid in this 11th ranked in facilities that is going to be probably where we end up in the big 10 so hopefully things get better at Rutgers but we'll see I saw a rumor that said they might want to try to go Ivy League I'll support that man then my, my degrees from the Ivy League yeah maybe I'll go back to school can't tell me anything I ain't going back. This ain't going to be even harder now. Speaking of my one of my favorite players growing up, Barry Sanders, Frank Gore passes him for, I think, his third on the all-time rushing list. Frank Gore, man. Don't, don't, don't even bring up, is he a Hall of Famer? I wasn't going to that. I'm just saying, people was talking about that. What were we talking about? But I'm just saying, Frank Gore like is not a guy that I feel like is often like screamed about and headlined. But you talk about consistency. This guy's been playing forever. And if you've played in the era with him, you know his name because you know how hard he you was know, to tackle. You know when he's on that depth chart, when, uh, who you, you play. You got to bring week. your hard hat. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it was 10 years ago or if you play him this upcoming Sunday. Frank Gore is a beast out there. Um, and, and I thought it was so cool. They interviewed him after the game, and he talked about a cool honor. And then he just said, I want to thank all my teammates, my offensive line, my offensive coordinators, all the guys I've ever played with. Um, and this is a guy you got to remember when he was in college, all everybody talked about was Willis McGahee. And then they talked about Willis McGahee would have been his backup at first if he didn't get hurt. So he battled injuries to get back out there on the field and kind of came in the league as this guy that no one really knew, heard he was good, but, and he's done nothing but year in and year out. Been one of the hardest guys to tackle and racked up a lot of yards each year. So. Um, pretty cool to see Frank Gore. Frank Gore still have the longevity and continue to just climb the record books, man. Man, shout out to you Sunday after the game with the Dwight Schrute shout out. Now, Dwight uh, Schrute tweeted me. He did? I didn't see this. Man, that's a mama. We made it right there. I got to make sure it was an official account, too. I didn't really. I got, got a little too excited. You got a beat farm? 
Nah, man, I don't. But if I needed one, if I wanted to invest in one, I'll call Dwight up. There you go. Who you got for Normatech Comeback of the Week? So Normatech Comeback of the Week, we like to always make sure we have a sports element in it. But this week, we cannot leave out all of the good people over in Massachusetts um, that are involved um, from the bill getting passed through the House, then through Senate, um, through the Senate and all of the people that are involved in legislation, um, the education committee who came up with this um, and first decided that they would bring this out of conference. Um, so this was just a, a great job um, by everybody involved and then the governor topping it off uh, by signing the bill. And, um, you know, I don't know much about politics, but I will say I've been at so many different events that are great causes and the governor's often been there and he's been right in the front supporting. So uh, he does another great job of signing off on this. So um, you got to give credit to that um, for Massachusetts getting it done. And hopefully other states will follow behind yeah. Massachusetts. They didn't usually, get it done last year, came back this year and got they it They usually done. do a good job of leading. So uh, we look forward to that. But when you go to sports, comeback player of the week, no other than that dog, Marcus Peters, he goes back to L.A. in uh, L.A. fashion, gets an interception. Talks trash. Talks trash. Make sure they know before he leaves the field that he was there, he was back, and he was doing what he does. Um, so shout out Marcus Peters, always doing what he does um, out there on the field, talking trash, making picks, making big plays. Um, not surprised. Um, and he's probably the guy that you don't want to trade um, as a quarterback because then you know when you play him, you're like, he know what I like to do. Yeah. He and he did that. He went out there and got an interception. So, uh, big shout out to the legislation over in Massachusetts. Everyone involved with getting the bill passed, uh, especially Sonia Chen Diaz. She was a big part of it. Helped us out a lot and um, did a lot of great work. And then, of course, Marcus Peters, your Normatech comeback players of the week. Yeah, and Normatech is continuing to try to help players come back after hard workouts, hard games. Matter of fact, they're doing a holiday sale on Thanksgiving, November 28th, and Cyber Monday, December 2nd, $150 off Pulse 2.0 recovery system, free U.S. ground shipping, plus a Normatech backpack, uh, which is exclusive and has $140 value, and there's no promo code needed. Oh, Thanks I thought we was going to say, like, use the promo code double trouble. There's none needed. You don't, don't even don't, need it. Don't complicate things. November 28th, December 2nd, Normatech holiday sale. Go there. You'll walk away with a free book bag and $150 off the Pulse 2.0 recovery system. And it's free to ship to you. So you if might as you well. If you don't like the holidays, everybody likes a discount or free. Free is me. And if it's free, I'll take three. Thank you. Lost the weekend, won the weekend. I'm going to go with the happy stuff. I'm going to go who won the weekend. Obviously, Frank Gore cracking into the record books again. Third all-time rushing. Moving a little bit above the great Barry Sanders. Y'all know who lost the weekend. We just finished talking about uh, our university. you Ra, Ra. Rutgers. Shout out, Rutgers. We still represent. We're still, um, still but, the birthplace. But, but we don't want to be the death either. We don't want to be where it died. So. When you lose, you lose. And they lost the weekend. Greg Shiano will not be heading home to Rutgers. Uh, native of New Jersey. Will not be coaching at the State University of New Jersey let's, this year, next year. Maybe they'll work it out sometime. Let's but. bring out a few questions here from Twitter. Somebody said they were hoping there was a way that they could set their alarm clock and for the sound have it set that your pregame speech would be what woke them up in the morning and would get them fired up 
and it will just inject a lot of energy into their veins. Do you think we can make that happen? Oh, we got to hit up Malka Sports. Maybe maybe this is the industry we jump into. Wake up, wake up. It is time to go. I don't think that's And then work. I'll pick. No, no, no. I'll pick what we want for that day. Like Sunday, it was about gratitude. Wake up, be thankful. It is time to go. Look in the mirror. Look yourself in the mirror. Next it question. It is time to go. What led to both of you to decide? Your Call N- me if you think that should be on your Your own. NFL jersey numbers. Are these numbers that you grew up playing with? Nah. When I got here, all the good numbers were taken. 32 was the only thing open. Had to take it. Planned on changing it. Preseason went well. Said if I change it and the regular season goes bad, it'll be because I changed my number. For me, I'm not finished. But then you look up now, some pretty good safeties were at 32. Got to meet Jim Brown, 32. So I'm cool with 32. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already moving forward looking for the next question. But for me, number 30 when I got to Tennessee. You were sixth round. That's what they gave was you. The only number, number. Was the only number available that wasn't in the 40. So that I was the you reason you uh, I went with number 30. Uh, if D-Mag never moved to Hold on. Side note, when I got to Rutgers, I knew I wasn't going to play because when I got to Rutgers, they gave me number 39 as a freshman. So I knew they had no, they didn't want to play me, and they probably didn't really want me because they gave me thirty nine, and I was a cornerback. That's yeah, I told you, I got you, I, I got yeah, you. That's in, pretty bad. I got you into Rutgers. Then I switched to twenty one. Prime time, baby. Has it been beneficial to you to be able to play alongside your twin? Why or why not? I would say yeah. I was doing well before he got fun, here. Fun to talk football. Obviously, I was too. I was in my tenth year uh, in the NFL, uh, controlling what I could control, win or lose. He had to throw that in. Win or win or lose. Uh, consistent pro. Uh, and a starter for most of my career. So, uh, yes, we both had success, but it's been a lot of fun uh, learning from one another and uh, being able to go out there and play together. Did you see this one? If D-Mac never went to free safety, who would be the better cornerback? I mean, I think the question answers itself with the beginning part. <laughs> D-Mac moved to free safety. Hey, but at least I'm only one of three players that got to be all, all pro at free safety and corner. I think that is a super elite stat, so I don't have any shade or any negativity to throw back on that stat. I appreciate it. The other two guys are a lot better than me, but it's still cool to be in there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't diffuse that either. I 100% you wouldn't agree. Disagree, I think is what you tried. I to said say. I 100% agree with what you said. Okay, cool. uh, here we go. Uh, somebody asked about how do we feel about the administration at Rutgers? If they watched the podcast, they've already heard that. They lost. The what does Thanksgiving look like in the McCordy household? Chaos. Five kids running around. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm sleeping. We tried to give them their own table last year. It didn't work out. Food everywhere. Yeah, that didn't work out. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Not really a question, but you should let us fans do a poll to see who would be guest next on Double Coverage. All right, we'll have that poll set up. We'll do that for next week. And then then we'll we'll tweet and ask the player to come on the show. So if they don't, you guys will know that we requested them. And they just turned us down. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good poll. Man. There we go. I, like that, that. I think that just about wraps up our question. Oh, what wide receiver in the NFL do you feel is most difficult to cover? What did I tell you earlier? Ask Gilly Lockdown. Because he covers them. I think I think we should do, coming up, we got to think of something to, like, do, like, uh, a Christmas jersey giveaway. Mm. Like, we give away, you know, like they do the 12 days of Christmas. We, like, pick each day leading up to Christmas to send jerseys to someone. 
a jersey, so 12 jerseys, or are you saying... No, the, yeah, 12 jerseys. Okay, I didn't know if you were saying the 12 days leading up, you were going to find 12 different, because, I mean, when you think about it, you don't give the same gift for 12 straight days. You find something different each day, and when you get to the end is when it's like the Yeah, but boom. Not, that's if you're doing it to the same person. We're going to get 12 jerseys and leading that's up. A, Sin. That's a good point, too. One year in Christmas in Cleveland, because Cleveland was a rough stay for my family, I ended up doing that for my wife, doing continual gifts as we were leading up for Christmas. Sound like you was on that ledge, had to come back. Yeah, man, it was it was a rough time. Somebody needed to gift yeah, so, so we'll think me of with some, a win. We'll think of something in, in 12 days leading up to Christmas. Find we'll, a way to give it away. We'll pick 12 but people. But you got to tune into the podcast to know. And, yeah, it'll, it'll be through the podcast where we pick 12 people each day, and you will get a D-Mac and a J-Mac sent to you. So J-Mac's going to go buy all. Yeah, the there we go. Before we head out of here, more than an athlete, Richard Sherman uh, was named the Week 11 NFLPA Community MVP after his 5,000 donation and public support allowed a Compton youth football team to attend the national championships in Florida. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback also uh, helped restock shelves for three food banks in Washington through his Blanket Coverage Foundation. I saw him tweeting. Blanket uh, Coverage, that's a pretty good, pretty that's good a name. Pretty good foundation. Saw him uh, tweeting about helping that football team out, finding ways uh, to help fund it. We so, talked about that. He even got other guys because they saw it. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool uh, endeavor. Uh, by him and Lawrence Guy of our team here also was out uh, this uh, yesterday Monday uh, serving Thanksgiving meals and like, uh, over 150 families. Yeah, and handing out turkeys uh, in in the Boston area. Gave so, away a bunch a boys of free and girls stuff. club. So yeah, he does it right. Yeah, gave away tickets, courtside seats, mattresses, uh, a bunch of stuff. So shout out. You get out. this. You get that. He was in there like a a, a big fat Oprah. There you go. Big fat Oprah. I like that. Uh, he may not. But shout out to Lawrence Guy for uh, his continued work in the community. Oh, and, and I love Larry Guy. And as a reminder, uh, you can check this out. Make sure you subscribe, though, when you go check it out on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify, whatever it is. Make sure you hit subscribe. Double coverage with the McCordy Twins. And I think when you listen, when I yell, Mama, we made it, let your house know you watching it. Screaming out. When you out. hear, Mama, we, you say it too. Screaming out, tweet him a hashtag, Mama, we made it, so he knows you were tuned in. And as always, thank you to our partners at Boston Medical Center, Embrace Kids, and Norma Tech. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And before we most go, importantly, before, before we, we head go, out. Before we go, we got Thanksgiving come. What are you thankful for? Man, I said this earlier. I'm thankful for the relationships that I've been able to build uh, throughout my life and throughout my career with football and off the field and in my personal life. I'm thankful for the journey, just to be along the journey of all of the wonderful people, like you just said, got to meet, to be with, uh, watch my kids grow. Um, it's a very humbling opportunity, all the things that we've been able to be a part of, um, to sit here and bring you a podcast weekly, all those things sum up to just being thankful. Um, so, like I've always been told, Thanksgiving's coming up. It's the one time a year. You should go out of your way. Tell people you're thankful. Call your mom, call your dad, your grandma, your grandpa. Your tell aunties, them how thankful. your uncles, your cousins, and Ray Ray and them. Tell them how thankful you are of them. Um, and do something nice for somebody. Yep. And lastly, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey.